One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, some housekeeping to start this week's episode of Ups and Downs because we need to talk about it. We are bringing back ups and downs for NXT. But I swear, this is the third time we've tried. So if it doesn't work this time, and you don't watch, I'm going to hunt you down, I'm going to find where you live, and I'm going to make you a nice dinner, because then you've got to feel bad. We shall start next week on that crazy wrestling Tuesday, because of course AEW is being bumped a day early, so they are going head-to-head, hence why John Cena is going to be on NXT. Because I'm Dr. Robotnik and I like chaos, maybe we'll just do it all in one video. <laughs> And compare all the segments. <laughs> that is what I'm going to do, because I have a death wish. Anyway, as AEW Dynamite did just happen this week, let's up those downs. What a silly, wonderful start it was as well. Because Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega here were talking about how this is the fourth anniversary of AEW. And I'm like, where the hell did that go? I'm going to be dead soon. When in walked Adam Copeland. I was like, this is totally surreal. This, of course, meant we had an interaction between Copeland and Jericho, which obviously has other connotations. But Kenny and Adam had never met, so they shook hands. I love Kenny Omega. He went, up, oh, saw your debut. It had me on the edge of my seat. I was like, damn it, Ken, you rule. I don't care what anybody says either. This whole signing and this debut and him being on Dynamite just feels like such a big deal. And I'm so excited deep down in my tootsie toes about what direction this could head. I actually think it could light a fire under All Elite Wrestling's ass. Sign me up for that. I mean, it just feels huge. And I love things feeling huge. Wait, what? The celebrations then continued too, because of course to tie into like the eighth episode ever of Dynamite, we had Nick Jackson versus Phoenix round two for the international title. And ever since that Dynamite, Nick Jackson's only had like four singles matches, because of course he is a tag team wrestler. But if he had won the belt here and he had gone on a mini singles run, I wouldn't have cared at all because this guy is so damn good. It's the same for Phoenix as well. We know the deal there. And they just looked at each other and said, I'm going to go 100 miles an hour. So the other guy was like, well, I'm going to go 104 miles an hour. And it was just zip, bat, bomb, billy wing. But at one point, Jackson went to kick the masked man on the ring apron. He missed and he booted right at the ring post. So Phoenix grabbed him and just hurled him into the ring apron. And one, I was like, well, that looked disgusting. And two, I was like, huh, the ring apron... Hang on. Well, we seem to be back again. Yes, we certainly do. Why are we even here? Well, you have to do some kind of dumb skit when it comes to the ring apron, and this is all he's got. Man, what a bored asshole. Right? Right. Jackson then hit a hurricane run off a of Barry Barricade, because why wouldn't you do that? When we got to the kicks that were super, when they each tried to hit a cutter on the other one, and it ended with them going on the ropes and basically hitting a super cutter, and I was like, damn. That was ridiculous. And it was essentially, you cut me, so I'll cut you. And out of context, that would get you arrested. When Nick Jackson was like, 
I'm just going to do a BTE trigger by myself. We had Canadian destroyers and we had a big one, two, ooh. I totally bought it. It was then Phoenix's turn because he hit a stomp and I splattered the frogs for another one, two, ooh. When Nick Jackson went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment surprise roll up. So Phoenix was like, no, you're not going to do that. And he reversed it into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and he got the three. But who even cares, man? This was like watching two dancers do a wonderful dance. Such a good time. And next week, it's Phoenix versus John Moxie round two. Given everything that happened there, I'm pumped for that as well. Giving it an up. We then cut to Adam Cole, at least within the confines of the story. It's true. He is delaying his surgery so he can be a good friend to Roderick Strong. Kind of feels like he's getting strung along here. But he had gone to Roddy's house, which has kind of been set up like a local medical facility because Strong needed him when Roderick was there going, Adam! I've got you a present, and because he's currently on wheels, he had bought Adam Cole a scooter, and then they spent the next 10 seconds just scooting around the house. So don't you come into my house and tell me funny doesn't make money. It makes all the money. Take my cash. Matt Dave was also betting a stuffed giraffe, because why the hell not? And just as Cole was going to leave, probably to get his surgery, Roddy was like, oh no, I need you for something else to help move the furniture. When Cole was like, why can't the kingdom do it? Strong was like, well, they ain't very good at interior design. I was losing it. I think he also said he needed Cole to end the video, like push the button. And all of this is like really funny. It's really good. But it also ties into something that happens later that will make you cry inside of your loins. This is top tier storytelling. I cannot wait to see where it's going to go. And it made me laugh up. When from nowhere, bam. All my favorites were back. Because not only did my man Griff Garrison pop back off Dynamite, but his surprise opponent was Wardlow. Huh. Poor Griff as well, because he got murdered here, because Ward has this new attitude. Like, he looks like an absolute bruiser. He's all massive and big now. Well, he was massive and big before. Don't even know what I'm talking about. But he mastered it. He basically broke Garrison in half. He gave him five power bombs to the point the referee was like, <laughs> I think we need to end it now. And Wardlow... He just walked off. So he did not give a flub about the fans. This is how you do wrestling. Like when Mr. Lowe did leave AEW, he was in a little bit of a strange position, but we took all of two minutes to heat him up again, because that's what you can do. Not sure why heat relates to my wrist. It also means that I'm super interested. And I hope that Griff Garrison is okay. And this wasn't very nice, was it? Neither is what I'm about to do. I'm giving it an up. Sadness then reigns supreme. That's because Randy Paquette was talking to Don Callis and Takeshita. I mean, they're such asshats. Callis sold the fact that Sammy Guevara pinning Chris Jericho last week means there's been a seismic change in the universe. But also, these quack AEW doctors, they're not clearing Sammy for this evening. So he had to go out there and find a replacement. So firstly, I hope that Guevara is okay. But this also tied in because they've gone and got Carl Fletcher. And of course, that was under the recommendation of Will Ospreay because they're all in a big group. And also, let's keep going on, Mark Davis got injured at Wrestle Dream, so I hope he's all right too. So Carl is so damn good. Don't make him vanish. Put him in positions like this and he will fly. Don then finished all this by saying that it's not about the battles because it's about who wins the overall war is what he's going to try and do. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Because I don't want to live in that world. When it was party time after this, because it was the Acclaim taking on the Butcher and the Blade and Kip Sabian. Now I hope we do do more with these three as a team because they just work so well. You know the deal with the Acclaimed. Everybody loves them. They're super duper over. And they 
probably will be forever. You also think the Drawing Mathcaster's opening rap, he compared the Butcher and the Blade's heads to knobs. So that's quite interesting. And in the early going, we just set this up so we could do a big scissor. Out of context, that's weird again. Sabian didn't like that, so he did a moonsault to the outside on everyone. That's when these guys jumped on Max. They beat him up for a bit. Eventually, he was able to get the hot tag to Anthony Bowen. So any kind of discount these guys were getting in the Butch and the Blade shop is out the window. And ultimately, they just ran world. They hit that new slam thingamajig that they've been doing. And they got their three. And I was like, well, that's something we did. I had a good time. I had fun. We probably do need a more specific direction for these trio's titles. Maybe we'll get it. And maybe we won't. There are our options. Give me enough. Which brings us to our next segment, which may have been one of the best of the year. And also, I'm closing the deadline. Because if you were trying to put in votes for the best new gimmick of 2023, you're not allowed to do it anymore. Because I am giving it to... Da, 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 Tony Storm. Through the last of her sit-down interviews with RJ City here. And she was so damn concerned. Because she was like, man, I have been doing this wrestling thing for a while. Maybe my peak years are escaping me. I mean, she's so worried about her star power, it keeps her up at night. When City was like, well, you know, you're not actually that old. Tony had a wonderful revelation. That's right. That's true. And therefore, I must be timeless. And bada bing, bada boom, she has been born timeless Tony Storm. So now this damn character is back to the future as well, and it's 10 out of 10. I mean it. She is completely committed to the bit. It is so damn entertaining, and it's going to tie into her wrestling later, which we will talk about. So I'm absolutely giving it up. Like, when I tune into Dynamite now, I'm sitting there going, where's Tony Storm? Why isn't Tony Storm on the screen yet? You've done something damn good. So again, get it up. We'll also learn that next week on Title Tuesday, it's going to be Brian Danielson versus Swerve Strickland with the winner becoming the number one contender for the TNT Championship. So I was just doing the dance of joy, because again, given what happens at the end of the show, it means either Brian Danielson or Swerve are probably going to be inserted into everything with Edge and Christian. That's the last time I'll call him Edge. Without wanting to be an awful person too, but it's his fault, not mine. If it is Brian that wins, <laughs> a few years ago, his dad passed away. So now I have to be really, really scared about that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We'll then right back into the story stuff after this. Because who took out Jay White? The commentators mused about this as the Bullet Club Gold walked to the ring. They made no bones about it. Like, we know it was MJF. That guy talks BS all of the time. and We don't like him. And he should get his ass out here right now. So you know the deal. If you are a professional wrestler and somebody says your name, you do have to go out there. So Maxwell Jacob Friedman did arrive. He was basically like, you guys are totally wrong. And also, you're a bunch of dicks. He also said that Juice Robinson was a talentless taint and he got the crowd chanting it too. But Juice replied by saying that he has a rock-hard taint. I kind of looked around and I was like, damn, Toto, we ain't in Kansas anymore. Friedman then kind of ignored that and just went through a list of all the terrible things he's done in AEW, like trying to kill Chris Jericho when he pulled him off a cage, whipping Cody Rhodes, and destroying a bunch of kids when they were playing dodgeball. So he doesn't hide away from the terrible things he has done, but he's going to make it very clear he did not attack Jay White. He was so mad he then challenged them to a Stockton street fight, which was a terrible idea, because obviously there was a bunch of Bullet Club members in the ring, and MGF just went, ah, I'm going to do it. But it turned out it was a ruse, because they all ran away. And who appeared behind him was Jay White. He laid him out with a Blade Runner. White also went off after this, saying that MGF was a piece of trash, and he hates him, and he wants that championship, and he's coming after it at full gear. And because Freeman had just been beaten up, he got the microphone and he was like, man, you're on. So we've already set up our main event. There's still a long ass time to go. It really does work as well because if MJF does retain, I'm pretty sure he becomes like the longest reigning AEW world champion ever. But if Jay White wins it, well, I've seen Jay White as a world champion before. He's pretty damn good. Also, and this ties into something later on again, MJF is going to need backup. But he doesn't have his best friend, so I tell you. It's just a round of applause. We are crossing the streams and we have multiple pathways and I have no idea where we're going to end up. And that is good professional wrestling. And that is getting it up. Hook and Orange Cassidy were here next. I love them. Now, they knew they were close to winning at Wrestle Dream, but let's be positive Pete's here. Because as they talked about, Hook still is a champion. And he has wonderful, wonderful hair. They also talked about the fact that Moxley is taking on Phoenix next week. When Hook was like, man, that's a pile of baloney, isn't it? You should be getting your rematch, Orange. Cassie was like, yeah, I should. I mean, he held the title for three weeks, and I held it for 11 months. It's true. So the masks don't work at all, and it is two plus two equals potato. And then with Renan Paquette stood in the middle, they all stood around, and they ate potato chips, which ties in, because two plus two does indeed equal potato. But this just made me laugh. It was so damn awkward. I don't even know why we did it. When we went big time, because it was Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega taking on Carl Fletcher and Takeshita. You're going to be really surprised by this. You better be sitting down. It was flubbing excellent. Don Callis was on commentary and he was as great as ever because he just comes out with the most ridiculous lines. And we started with Jericho and Omega here being like, oh, hi, our tag team chemistry is getting better because they kept slapping hands and doing all the moves. Kester eventually turned the tables here because he just started larrying people. I tell you, when he does start doing this, he's like a machine. Chris then fought back with assault of a line before he got the hot tag to Omega. And honestly, within about five minutes, Kenneth had reminded you why he's one of the best in the industry. I mean, he can just do it all. He can work any style. He can work with anyone. I'm so sick and tired of people being negative Nancy's about Kenny Omega. He is one of the best ever. Don't at me. He also does Polish hammers, which makes me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. Although, when he went for the you can't escape, Carl Fletcher escaped. I was like, well... What? Uh, I don't know what to do because it's the name of the move. 
My whole life is a lie. Instead of making did that rolling fireman carry into the corner when he started stabbing people's backs when him and Takeshita got into it, when Carl Fletcher felt left out, he just booted Omega right in the face. Takeshita then took over, and he hit the least devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the Blue Thunderbomb. Did it work? Of course it didn't. It never does. Jericho then taken his Phoenix down, so he stumbled back into the ring to hit a Hurricane Rana. But then Takeshita took him out with a lariat, so Kenny was like, well, I'm going to take you out with a giant knee. When Fletcher entered him with a brain buster. I was like, my word. Chris then locked in the walls, but Takeshita then booted him until he had to let go. He had no choice. When Omega was going for V-triggers, but he wasn't able to do it. So he said he hit a Snapdragon. This was totally insane. When Jericho was back, he hit a Codebreaker onto Fletcher, who then fell into Kenny Omega's arms. He hit the one wing of Angel, one, two, three. And then I had to let down. This was exhausting. Curtis bless him as well. Instantly blamed Carl Fletcher for this loss too. Just threw him under the bus. When we got another twist in the tale, because from nowhere, who wrecked Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega? It was the Honky Tonk Man. Imagine it was. Of course it wasn't. It's Powerhouse Will Hobbs. This dude wasn't mucking around either, because he ended Jericho before he kind of locked Kenny Omega in Barry Barricade. I was like, would you leave him alone? He's dead already. When they went back to the ring, Jericho tried to sell Ken. He couldn't. And they tied Omega up in the ropes, and they just beat him and beat him and beat him. When Don Callis got a chair, and he smacked him right in the head. It was like, damn. Bless the commentators too, as they told us, well, Nick Jackson had to go to a local medical facility after his match, so that's why he's not here. Matt Jackson went with him. Hangman Adam Page wasn't with him either. And I was like, man, that's such a good way to tie in. This is why he doesn't have any friends. All his bodies are gone. So I love little tidbits like this, because you have this ongoing present world. My only big concern is that Miro better get involved in this, because I was super excited about Hobbs versus Powerhouse round two. Nice to say match. Hobbs versus Miro round two. At the moment, it's vanished. Although, however, I presume that Omega and Jericho will need a third guy. Maybe it's Miro. So please don't break my heart because I will die. Nobody needs this. But this was a great match and a very effective angle. Once again, I want to see what's going to happen. Up. And speaking about wrestlers going on journeys very worried about MJF. Because we saw him in the back being tended to by a local medical facility professional. When the Acclaim walked in and they shooed him away when Max Caster started giving him a sports massage instead. As soon as Max realized this, he freaked out though, because one, he referenced all the things that Max Caster sent him on Twitter and social media. And that was quite funny because they do get quite freaky diggy. And two, when he had shooed them away, he tried to call Adam Cole and nobody answered. Once again, I tell you, my heart was just crying. Max looks so damn sad as well. So once again, we planted some seeds. Because if all of a sudden MJF does go back to being a heel, it can be like, well, I totally understand. He embraced friendship and he got thrown back in his face. But also, that could be the reason that Adam Cole goes heel. So there it is. Just giving it a round of applause. This story is great. These flipping crazy people got AEW doesn't tell stories. There's so many with them, I feel like I'm drowning. What? Uh, for some reason, we then got this amazing video with Samoa Joe, who basically went, ah, oh, hi, if you're on the AW roster, I'm going to kill you. Now, he did admit that he does respect MJF after what happened, but what everybody needs to realize is that when Samoa Joe is hungry, he is going to eat. By the end of this, I just thought to myself, WWE released this man twice, which is certifiably crazy. I mean, he genuinely is one of the best ever. And potentially... <laughs> So it's Tony Storm, because flood me sideways. Because that's stated she is now timeless Tony Storm. This is the whole thing. Because you've got the entrance. We're actually meant to think she's going to live forever. Got makeup like slapped all over her face. And she was facing sky blue. Even though she pretended she wanted to shake hands, she didn't. 
slapped her instead. Also, Blue, flood me. She also has a story. Maybe I'm reading into it here. But she seemed a little less happy, a little less warm and fuzzy in her tum-tum. And also her eye makeup seems to be expanding. This just may happen to tie into the fact that Julia Hart misted her last week. So maybe she's going to be corrupted by that. And maybe when Julia Hart does return, they become a tag team. I mean, I'd be so down for that. It would rule. Storm also now does this thing when she poses and the camera zooms right in. But the absolute highlight is after she had murked Sky Blue, she turned right to the camera and went, we'll be back right after these sponsors. I was on the floor. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so damn good. It actually makes me mad. Blue then hit the biggest comeback move in all of professional wrestling across body, but that only got a one-two hoo. Although when Tony Storm was able to avoid Skyfall, she hit this choke bomb. She got a one-two hoo because it didn't get a three. She went crazy at this referee, which is when Sky went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. Didn't work. Eventually, Timeless was able to hit the sweet cheek music and the Storm Zero to get the one, two, three. Then celebrated like some kind of Hollywood actress from the 1920s. And I just love it. I think it's fantastic. It is the best of professional wrestling. And I'm giving it an up. Actually, no. It was a delight, darling. And instead, I'm giving it the first ever tits. Well, we got some Ring of Honor news because Stokely Hathaway was here. He's like, listen, Eddie Kingston, here's what's going to happen. On Rampage, we are going to do a four-way to determine the new number one contender. And you have to be on commentary. Like, what a weird rule. Stokes also said we need a champion that smells like Tom Ford and not a Burger King. And I actually said out loud, yeah, we need to get Stokely Hathaway on TV more. That man is really funny. Which is the same for Adam Copeland and Christian because Copeland came out here. He got a massive reaction and as I'm going to keep telling you until the novelty has worn off, this is such a good signing for AEW. He is going to fly. He was also just so damn happy, which made me happy because that's how television works. And because the crowd were going, uh, doom, uh, doom, he was like, I've never had that before. And given it has come up, let's just talk about it. Because there was actually people moaning about this, going, oh, there's too many Adams in AEW. Now, one, go and get a real problem. But two, if you do moan about this, all of a sudden, you are going to get the WWE naming system. And I know you don't want that. So unless you want somebody to come in and be called Ronnie Tacklebox, I would just accept this and move on. Copeland then mentioned how 10 years ago he wasn't even allowed to wrestle, but now, look, he's in All Elite Wrestling. So maybe he will come and be the world champion. Maybe he will take on Kenny Omega, John Moxley, Powerhouse Hobbs, Juice Robinson. He just kept throwing out names when he was like, but there is one major reason I am here. Because I talked to my daughters, my children. I said, what should I do? And they looked at me in my eyes and said, Daddy, you should go and play with Uncle Jay. So that, of course, is Christian. And what a lovely reason to take a job. And he was like, please, Mr. Cage, come to the ring. And out came Christian. This guy, just the look on his face, the way he holds himself. This is a Tony Storm situation. Right now, Christian is top five in the world, maybe number one. And you can't convince me otherwise. This character is so damn good. Once again, it makes me angry because I'm like, why didn't I think of it? He also explained why he was so confused at Wrestle Dream because these two have been friends for 40 years. And when they were kids, Christian was the biggest Sting fan ever to the point he wanted a haircut like him. And then here we are, a pay-per-view, and you were about to give the Stinger a concerto. He also basically tied into the Judgment Day screwing him over because he was like, look, I've been here, I understand. And as soon as Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus have picked your brains, they're going to drop you like a bad habit. I was like, man, Adam, you have not been watching this show. If they try and do that, Christian will actually kill them. Still, they are pals, so let's do what they were always meant to do. For the first time in like 20 years, they can bring the boys back together. They can be a tag team. They can take on the Young Bucks and they can take on FTR and remind everyone that they are one of the best partnerships ever. 
I was just losing at this point because I knew it wasn't going to happen. But do I want it? Yes. I want to point out that Adam Copeland was so damn good here as well. He felt like a man renewed. But he wasn't as good as Christian who hugged his would-be brother and they did embrace. And then with the best tone and the best timing, he just said, go fuck yourself. That's right. He said the F word. It was not bleak. To look on Cage's face once again was absolutely hilarious. And he just walked off here as he was joined by Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne at the top of the ramp. I just had the best time. This was such a good wrestling segment. And I kind of sat there and just thought to myself, boy, howdy, do I love this madness. Once again, Copeland really does add something to all of this, though. And I cannot wait to see what these two are going to do together because they're going to have such creative freedom. I am giving it up and I implore you, go and watch this. It also brought us to the end of AEW Dynamite. And of course, I'm going to give it an up. I thought this was a terrific episode. So excited about the future. And right now, be it AEW, WWE, Impact, whatever, pro wrestling rules. Now, please do like the video, share the video and subscribe. Head over to whatculture.com. Make sure you follow us on social media and check out all the ups and downs videos. I'd appreciate that, especially because if you don't, NXT will go away again. So putting it on you. That's right. See you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.